0: describe the extent to which life insurance benefits, whether payable during lifetime or at death, may be excluded from gross income. The proceeds of a life insurance policy or endowment paid by reason of the insured's death are generally excludable from gross income for federal income tax purposes, whether the insured died from natural or accidental causes. The exclusion of life insurance benefits generally applies whether the beneficiary is either an individual, a partnership, a corporation, an association, a trust, or the estate of the insured. However, with respect to employer-owned policies, special limitations apply regarding the exclusion for death benefits to promote best practices in the issuance of employer-owned life insurance. Additionally, Accelerated death benefits paid with respect to life insurance contracts on the life of a terminally ill insured are excludable in the same way as amounts paid by reason of death if certain requirements and conditions are met. A terminally ill insured is one who's been certified by a physician as being expected to die within 24 months if a life insurance contract contains a provision or rider that is treated as long-term care insurance. Benefits paid under that provision or a rider to a chronically ill-insured may also be excludable from gross income. Qualified accelerated benefits may be paid by the insurance company that issues that policy or by a viatical settlement provider. Life insurance death benefits may be excluded from income even if they're paid to a beneficiary in the form of installments rather than in lump sum. In the case of such periodic payments, the income tax the beneficiary must pay is determined in a manner similar to the exclusion ratio for annuity payments. Death proceeds are excluded from taxation on a pro rata basis over the period of the installment feature of the option. The amount of the death benefit proceeds is divided by the installment feature of the option to determine the amount of each installment payment that will be received income tax-free. For example, let's consider a policy paying $100,000 at the insured's death, with the settlement option providing for payments to continue for the life of the beneficiary. If the beneficiary's life expectancy in our example was 20 years, the excludable amount would be $5,000 per year, that is $100,000 divided by the 20-year life expectancy. Only the interest element on each installment payment would be subject to income tax. Under prior law, there was a $1,000 annual interest exclusion available for payments made under settlement options to certain surviving spouses, and that was with respect to the deaths occurring before October 23, 1986. No exclusion was allowed in the case of insurance proceeds left with the company under the interest only option. The exclusion, however, was repealed, so insurance proceeds received by a surviving spouse with respect to deaths occurring after October 22nd are no longer longer eligible for it. However, if the insured's death occurred before October 23rd of 1986, the exclusion is still available to the surviving spouse receiving the settlement option payments. Now let's examine the taxation of living benefits. The proceeds of a life insurance or endowment policy are often paid for reasons other than the death of the insured. One example of such a reason is the policy owner's withdrawal of the cash value to meet either an emergency or take advantage of an investment opportunity. Withdrawals from cash value life insurance policies are generally taxed on a FIFO basis, that is, first in, first out basis. In other words, they're first taxed as non-taxable return of capital to the extent of premiums paid. However, withdrawals will be taxed as income first if the policy is taxed as a modified endowment policy. In addition, withdrawals from policies made during the first 15 years and associated with a reduction in death benefits will also be subject to tax on an income first basis even if the policy is not treated as a MEC. The insurer's obligation when a life insurance contract is surrendered can be satisfied either as a lump sum payment or an interest-only option paid under various settlement arrangements such as lifetime annuity payments, fixed amounts, or periodic installments over a fixed period of time. The rules applicable to the taxation of living benefits of life insurance proceeds depend on two factors. The first is the method of payment, and the second is arrangements made by the policy owner either prior to payment or shortly thereafter. Benefits paid in a lump sum follow the general rule for computing the amount of gain. A policyholder realizes gain only to the extent the amount received exceeds his or her basis in the policy. The gain on surrender, redemption, or maturity is taxed as ordinary income per section 72 of the code. Revenue rulings 2009-13 and 14 suggest the sale of a policy to a third party in some cases could be partially taxed as capital gain in addition to as ordinary income. The policyholder's cost in the case of a lump sum is determined by the net consideration paid. To compute this, the gross premium must be reduced by any non-taxable distributions received from the policy, as well as any extra premiums paid for supplementary benefits, such as accidental death protection or waiver of premium protection. As an alternative to lump sum settlement, the living benefits may be left with the insurer under an agreement that the insurer will currently pay only the interest earned on the benefits. These interest payments will be included in the gross income of the payee as they are received or credited to the taxpayer's account. What is the tax effect of this interest-only option on the insurance benefits? The election of the interest-only option will not automatically postpone the tax on the gain in the contract. As you'll recall from chapter three, is constructively received if it's credited to the taxpayer's account or set aside for him or her without any substantial limitation or restriction. Under an interest-only option, the policy owner will be deemed to have constructively received payment of the proceeds if he or she can withdraw those proceeds at will. However, constructive receipt of the policy proceeds can still be avoided if the interest option is selected before the policy matures or is surrendered and if the payee gives up the right to either withdraw the principal or change the option. A third common choice of policy owners is to take the living benefits of an insurance contract in the form of a life income or installment. How can the policy owner avoid current taxation of the principal sum? Before maturity or within 60 days after the lump sum is payable, if the policy owner exercises a period certain or an amount-certain installment option, or annuity option, he or she will avoid current taxation. However, if the policy owner neglects to exercise the option within the 60-day period from the date the lump sum first becomes payable, the amount received in excess of his or her net premium cost is immediately taxable in full. Any excess will be taxable as ordinary income.